98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Matt Starks. Matt Starks. And Maximum Maximum Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Please welcome, from the University of Florida, tackle Matt Starks. Starks here for uh, one more segment as we look around the National Football League. And, uh, Max, the theme this week is just going to be the fact that we are only three weeks into the season. And there are only two undefeated teams left. And I'm not sure. I think people were high on Philly and high on Miami before the season. But I don't think people thought they were going to be the last two undefeated teams standing. I wish I had taken, like, a screenshot of, of you know, how they do. Vegas has, like, the you can bet on, on which teams can be the last one standing. I'm guessing not yeah. one of them were one of the, the top ten teams that you could uh, you could bet on. Let's start with Miami. How how big of a believer are you in in what they are doing with Mike McDaniel and Tua and obviously just beating Buffalo? Uh, granted, a very depleted Buffalo team on Sunday in South Beach. Well, you, you got to take it for a grain of salt. That's a division game, Luke. I mean, you take whatever the division game is. I don't care who it is. If it's against Tiddly, if it's playing Tiddlywinks, I, I want the victory. You're <laughs> going to give me that. And you look at Miami. Miami is two and zero in division in the first three weeks of the season. Like. That's what you have to do. That's what you want because everybody just absolutely you couldn't have told you couldn't have found somebody that watched football and was a fan of football and said the Buffalo Bills weren't going to just beat the undefeated team um, going into this week. And yes, depleted, injury, injury riddled. Um, but you still went down there, you competed, but this Miami squad is just not to be messed with. I mean, they have a resolve. They can go down a couple of touchdowns and will themselves back against the top quarterback right now in the NFL, which is Lamar Jackson. He has the highest efficiency rating, most touchdowns and passing yards. Like, look, he, they went up, Tua went toe-to-toe with him. But I do think it, it does uh, bother me a little bit and makes me a little bit worried is that Tua with the back injury, right? Yeah. The back in, Well, the back injury that might have been a concussion that was contused something in his body is contused. We don't know what it is. Um, but Either way, but it's not I think, good. Yeah, it's not, it's, not good for, it's not good for the Dolphins. But I think when you look at the weapons that they had, the offseason acquisitions, Mike McDaniels coming in and bringing that San Francisco you know system with him and – the guys just immediately bought in, and the defense is also playing well. I'm still a little salty about Mel Ingram and what he's doing down in Miami that he couldn't do in Pittsburgh when he was there, mm. as he was complaining. So, yeah. but that's that's, a, that's for a different story. Didn't that's we want him for the Cardinals time. all off season? Wasn't that Melvin Ingram we were talking about, Wolf? Yes, yeah, I, I do believe yeah. so. Yes, yes. yes. Speaking of thriving somewhere else, you know. Speaking of defense, though, um, how about the Philadelphia Eagles? Are you buying them? I am buying them. They're, 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 they were my NFC choice uh, back in the preseason. That's how that's how Tell all in I was. Well, I just I look because I, I like Jalen Hurts. I know a lot of people are polarized on him. I watched this kid at Alabama since he's been a freshman and the kid just knows how to win. It's one of those X factors that you can't quantify at Wolf. You know, the, it's that it factor. This kid has it. And he's a very humble kid. He's he's a kid that works hard. And I just look at 
even when he got dethroned by Tua in the national championship game and did his time in Alabama and then went on to Oklahoma, he then became a winner at Oklahoma and was a finalist for a Heisman in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be written off after he left, you know, the shores of Saban. You know, when you leave Saban, you're never quite as good. And this kid was still as good. And people went, oh, well, he went from system to system. The kid adapted to the systems. And he worked with all of these high. So when you get a Devontae Smith, when you get an A.J. Brown, when you have a Miles Sanders in the backfield, you got that big, imposing, physical, beefy offensive line in front of you. It's business as usual for him. Mm-hmm. This is this is just what he does, and he knows how to use his legs, and he also knows how to throw to his receivers. I don't care if he can throw a seventy yard frozen rope, you know, down a line. The kid knows how to make the right throws, and, know, and he knows how to throw his wide receivers open. And anytime you have that, you're going to have a chance. And then you throw in all of the defensive talent uh, that that they that they acquired, and that they were still acquiring into training camp. They were still making secondary moves when you didn't think that there were secondary moves to be made to bolster this team. And that's why this is a byproduct of those things actually working out right now. Um, and so that's why I looked at it. I said, because I, I really like Jordan Davis. People were talk, trying to knock out, oh, he doesn't play three downs. Or seven, yeah. I don't care if he plays three downs. If the two downs that he's in are as devastating as what he can deliver, <laughs> you don't need a third down because it's third 19. And there's no 19-yard play in the playbook. Yeah, I don't I care mean, how good the offense coordinator defense is. is really, really good. As well, they yeah. have a lead pass defense right now, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that, that's a good football team, yeah. top to bottom, in a division that was supposed to be weaker than it is, and maybe it is a weak division, but so far it's actually got the most wins. Uh, Max, I want to ask you about one more team here, because I kind of think I believe in them, too. They have the second-best point differential in all of football behind only Buffalo, and of course I'm talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I'll tell you why I tend to believe this is at least somewhat real, is Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be the guy. He was supposed to be a generational talent and he got off to a rocky start, but he also had a coach that was basically an absentee coach for the first half of the season. Now here we are in year two. Jaguars look pretty good. Uh, so, full disclosure, I called that game in in, uh, in L.A. this Sunday. Okay. So I, I, so I, I called the Jags-Chargers game. So you've seen it first. And I saw it firsthand, and my former teammate, Deshae Towns, is their cornerbacks coach, uh, and obviously we know Brinson Buckner's the D-line coach there, mm-hmm. so getting a chance to uh, to talk to Buck and uh, and see Shay. Um, yeah, they're the real deal. I saw we we saw them uh, from the Steelers' perspective week two of the preseason. We went down to Jacksonville, and that's when they literally dismantled our offensive line and said that your offensive line is terrible. And that's why we get this question about how good is the offensive line for the Steelers? It's because of Jacksonville. And when you're talking about a team that's leading the league in sacks, a team that is just—they were so overwhelming to this high-powered. Los Angeles Chargers offense that they couldn't muster points. I mean, they were beating up Rashawn Slater. You know, he, he I think he tore his bicep. I think he's going to be IR'd. Um, in that game, going up against Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen, those two off the edge, it's 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 not fair. And then Dewan Smoot in the middle um, was just absolutely just ripping through Will Clapp, um, who was in there for, for injured Corey Lindsley, who already wasn't available for the game. But he made Swiss cheese of the A-gap. And then you think about Devin Lloyd being at that backer position. And let's face it, Pac-12 people, I think we know that name. I think we've seen that guy terrorize 
any one of your favorite teams in the Pac-12. I mean, everybody. That does, guy was but, responsible yeah. for it. But <laughs> but no, I'm saying, but for all of the Pac-12, like if you're Washington, if you're if yeah. you're Stanford, no, you're if right. you're US, UCLA, he destroyed all of them. I mean, th- th- and he played and he had an interception in that game, uh, tip ball, and he would have had a second one, but he kind of tripped as he as he was going to cut the guy off. But I mean, this defense is just smothering, and so when you have a defense that can turn you the ball over on the opponents on the plus side of the field and then you have a solid run game with James Robinson and Travis Etienne in the backfield who are running very hard an offensive line who who looks like bullies who want to run the football the entire time and then set up the play action and then Trevor Lawrence is just doing what Trevor Lawrence does he has a great connection with Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and you can see how they just operate and I, I feel like yeah this Jaguars team is different it's the difference a, a coach makes isn't it you know yeah. Because yeah. you said absentee, I said he's an uh, Urban Meyer's another T. I'm not going to say that word no. on on, on uh, live radio. But but um but it's the difference. What a coach that understands his players because he has been a player, and he also has success. He knows what success looks like, and it's been recent with his time in Philadelphia. So it's amazing when you get all those young, high, highly talented, first-round draft pick cap- capital that you have pieces, and then you put them together with the right mix of maturity, this is what you get right now. Yep. And that's a team that, you think about this, the Colts just beat the Chiefs, and they stonewalled the Colts and hung 31 on the Colts. Yeah. And Pat Mahomes could only get 17 points on that squad. So j- that just lets you know that this is a for real Jaguars team. Well, I'm sold. Uh, Max, thanks thanks as always. We'll talk to you again next week, all right? All right, sounds good, guys. Have a great rest of your week. All right, you thanks, too. brother. That's uh, Max Williams joining us right there for Maximum Football, as he does every Wednesday when we come back. Monty Williams doesn't seem too phased by this story, but it sure seems like a big deal to DeAndre Ayton. We'll get into it next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Tell you that so I'm out of practice. There's no doubt about it, right there. The voice felt was like out of it practice? was going to, yeah. Okay, felt like it was going to explode right there. The vocal cords never a bad thing, though. A little pain never hurt anybody. I gotta say, when you, when you yell, are you talking to me, Monty Williams? All I can think is, well, apparently he's not talking to anybody. So, no, I guess he's not talking to you. He's definitely not talking to DA. Uh, that, was, that was definitely the way to start this uh, segment here. Now, uh, Wolf, I don't know how you're going to speak after that, but um, we've got more Monty Williams audio that we haven't gotten to play yet on this show. So uh, we played the clip earlier where he was asked, okay, is this maybe something that needs to be hashed out with uh, with DA? And he was like, no, you know, I, don't, I haven't spoken to a lot of guys. Well, uh, Monty was also asked um, 
if DeAndre Ayton's happy here? Because I think that's ultimately the, the biggest question. I don't think that's even a question anymore. I think... One, I, I never want to answer for guys. I think all of our guys are happy here. Um, we've won a lot of games, and we've had some success, and then you have a blip on the screen, like the Game 7. As I just said, things get magnified. And to be straight, like I'm not going to talk about this anymore. It just doesn't make any sense to keep talking about one guy after one game. We lost Game 7, right? So I just, I don't, I just don't do that. I think when you... You have competitive people. You're going to have bumps in the road like I have with Book, I have with Chris, I have with Kale. And you grow from those things. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I can't answer for everybody, but I think most of our guys would say that they love the culture, they love being here, and, and I'm, I'm as happy as I've ever been as a coach. The culture is, is what this team runs on. Yeah. But, Wolf, to me, the, the, the story here is not, hey, uh, we're all wondering about why DA didn't play well in Game Seven. I don't care anymore. Yeah. I want to know why this this isn't a story. If DeAndre Ayton doesn't say yesterday, yeah, I haven't spoken to my coach in four and a half months, and he clearly seems upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you begin on this one right here? First of all, it was the fact that Monty said, "I'm just not going to talk about this anymore." And yet, seems to be a lot of that going around. Exactly. I'm not going to talk about this anymore. He doesn't want to talk about this anymore. He does not. And yet, that was his longest answer that he gave That's in the true. entire. It was it long. very interesting, <laughs> right there. So, um, listen. There's a lot of things that Monty said that I think we need to listen to. Do you and DeAndre Ayton need a one-on-one? That's something I don't know if you've got that right there. But Monty had a lot yeah, to say about it. this. Got it right and, here. And Answered in the Monty Williams way. I think there are times for that, um, but not not in a way that is unprofitable. I think there's one-on-ones that are always needed between guys I've been around for a while. Um, some players need it, some players don't. Um, I'll identify that as the season progresses. Okay, so well, part of the reason this was so shocking, at least to me yesterday, was because Monty Williams is involved. And I and I, I trust Monty Williams. I'll say it again. I trust Monty Williams to run this team more than I would take any other coach out there right yeah. now. Monty Williams is has been perfect for the Suns up to this point. And I don't think that's changing right now. But clearly, DeAndre Ayton looks and sounds like a guy that's like, why isn't my coach? Why haven't we kind of addressed this? Why haven't we spoken? Why, you know... He, Monty Williams is saying, okay, I don't want this to be a big deal anymore. This is stupid. Why, well, I agree, but this could just go away. Do you know what I hear him say right there when I hear him say this? And the way he answered that question, I hear grow up. That's what I hear. Now, this is just me. Grow once up to again, DA through the to media. DeAndre Ayton, grow up. The, the answer makes me think that this is indeed a master plan. Period. Because does DeAndre, he said some guys need one-on-one, some guys don't. Do you think DeAndre Ayton is one of those guys? They don't need that. They don't need that. Are you kidding? I think any type of communication you could possibly get with DeAndre Ayton, I think that is something he needs. He needs direction that's what on a Williams lot of this great stuff. At. And that's what he's great at. And honestly... um, this is going to be really interesting to watch this. There were so many other things, though, that he had to say that I want to get to here well, because they're important. It, it, the other thing I would say real quick on this is, and, and I'm just sort of indulging your theory that maybe this, some of this is intentional from Monty Williams, 
it is a different dynamic these first couple of days of the of this week, right? Yeah. From what we've had the last couple of years of okay, well, you know, DA if he doesn't have it on a Tuesday night, Chris Paul's going to get in his face. Maybe Booker's getting in his face at practice, and they've got you know Javale McGee and Jay Crowder. Well, they don't have Javale McGee, and they're not going to have Jay Crowder. And right now. There aren't games going on, but it's just Monty Williams being the, quote, bad guy in this situation. You know, I don't, there's not a better term for it, I guess. But but if D.A. is upset at somebody right now, it's just Monty Williams. It's not, oh, Chris Paul's yelling yes. in my face or this or that. It's Monty's taking it all on himself. Basically. Okay. It's a great point right here. But can I get to two more? Can yeah. we play two more? Uh, is not speaking with DeAndre Ayton something that has to be resolved? No, I, I think I haven't talked to a bunch of our guys. Um, as I said earlier this summer, like they, they needed a break from me, the gym. Um, unless you were in the gym like every day, I've had interactions with everybody, but talking to guys about deep stuff, there's a number of guys I haven't talked to. What's your response to that, Luke? My response is that this is out of character for Monty Williams. That's my worry with this, is if this is planned and you're trying to handle something a certain way, this seems out of character for Monty Williams. We had Kellen Olsen on earlier, and he's like, yeah, remember last year when Monty Williams was talking to DeAndre Ayton when DA was in the Bahamas in the offseason? And yes. now you're telling me all of a sudden, why well, I just don't talk to any of my players? Like, nah, I, I, I don't buy it. Yeah, well, once again, you didn't have a confrontation with all the players you didn't talk to over the summer as well, oh, like you true. did, like you did DA. I, you know, what? So this tells me once again, this tells me once again, um, I'm not saying Monty Williams is lying. I'm not saying that. What I am saying right now is, what is this? <laughs> this is all. This is all some master plan. And here's the best one right here. Are you worried about the Aiton situation lingering? Most people would. Would you agree with that? Most people would worry about it. Listen to this. His shortest answer in the press conference. Not at all. Not at all. I'll talk to everybody as I always do during camp. It won't be an issue at all. All right. I've been thinking about that. I'm not worried about it lingering. <laughs> well, th- that goes back to my my belief through all of this of if Monty Williams just wants this to end, it's a five minute conversation between him and DeAndre. Ayton. Bam, it's over, just like that. Like I don't think. So DA's, why didn't he do that? I, that's the question. You've got your answer. That's, you know why? I know. I you know I what the answer that I'm is. Coming around what? to your, Are your you suspicions here. It wouldn't even take five minutes. Da is a good dude. He's he very coachable. Williams, very open he's a to this very stuff. coachable guy. Monty Williams is is a great guy. So, how long would that? Hey, listen. You know I love you. I want to see you do right. I want to see you do what is best. I want to see the best for you. You know it. So I coach you hard because I love you. I mean, really. How long did that take? Uh, Because that's Monty Williams. That's who he is. That's his heart. And that's D.A. He... Very receptive, I he, would imagine. He could. T- that's what we always say about Da. Even when he's not playing well, it's always bad. But he's such. He's so Coachable. receptive. Yeah, he could. Monty Williams could spend less time talking to Da than he did talking to the media about Da and end this and and just get it fixed, just so like you that. You have your answer. 
So maybe he wants DA to uh, to go through this for a little bit. Maybe we're trying something new with DA. Text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what's the number one key to victory for the Cardinals in Carolina on Sunday? Are they finally going to beat this team for the first time since 2013? Did come I hear on. that right? 2013? Stop it. Last time they beat the Carolina Panthers? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. <laughs> Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. But that's that, Wolf. This will be Kyler Murray's 50th start for the Cardinals. And I tried in the last 20 seconds to quickly find like where that would rank him all time among Arizona quarterbacks. In the list, I found only it only goes six deep. But six is Kurt Warner with 58 starts. So Kyler's got to wow. be up there all time. <laughs> feels wow. like he's still like in his second year. So who's number one, Jim Hart? Jim Hart has 180 quarterback yeah, starts. There you go. You probably get number right two there. too. You you always talk about how he has bad ankles. Yeah. Um, no, that was Neil. Lowe, yeah, that's number two. Yeah, that's oh, what I'm number two. That's number oh, two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> how many did Neil have? One hundred one. One hundred one. Right 101 there. One hundred one. Yeah. You know his 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 ankles. It's incredible. If you if you actually saw it, Luke, his his ankle, the inside, you know, the little bulb you have there right yeah. there, your ankle, right? The inside. It it would literally touch the ground when he walked. Wow. I can't imagine. Think about that. that would, how, with his right foot. How did he play? How did he start 101 games at quarterback for the Cardinals? Like yeah. That? That's... Really gross. That's and we told him. I'm sure <laughs> you can did. imagine. Oh, we ripped him. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, since we're on this, Jake Plummer's third, Charlie Johnson fourth, Carson Palmer fifth, Kurt Warner sixth <laughs> with 58. And Kyler's going to be at 50. So Kyler's going to quickly, I mean, okay, let's do the math. If he just plays out this season, he's going to be fifth all time on the Cardinals list. How about that, man? A quarterback. Here That's we crazy. go. All right, I have uh, the injury list right here. Well, for the injury report for uh, for today, okay? So we're going to start with uh, we're going to start with the Carolina Panthers. You've heard this through some of the updates. Christian McCaffrey didn't practice today, and it's not like a veteran rest day. He's got a thigh issue, so Christian McCaffrey did not practice. It's only Wednesday. Okay. Christian McCaffrey shows up on pretty much every injury report. If you are a fantasy football player who has Christian McCaffrey, you're aware of this. Yeah. Um, did they single out what? Thigh it was was it was it his right thigh it does or not his say left thigh right thigh on the injury okay it does not no, say that no, honestly because typically it would say that it at some point thigh. in time it would give you okay thigh um you know what honestly you may want to go ahead and take your hat and put it right on Christian McCaffrey and his thigh when you play against him and that's not that's not dirty ladies and gentlemen it isn't I one time I played against Carl Banks as a matter of fact Carl Banks had this broken nose. He had a broken nose. He had a big white bandage over his nose. And I tried to hit him in the face every play. Every time I blocked Carl Banks, I tried to hit him right in the face. And he knew it, and he was out of his mind. I wonder why he was so mad. He was so mad. Wait, listen. You're going to come out here? You're nicked up? Hey, you know what, buddy? I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to go ahead and give you any quarter. I'm not going to take it easy on you because your nose is busted, Carl. You shouldn't have come out here if it was busted with a big bandage on it that says, Hey, everybody, my nose is busted. 
Yeah, oh, it was, uh, it was, look, he, he, you know, and I played with him too. As a matter of fact, years later with the Cleveland Browns, I played oh, with sure Carl Banks. Fun. And when he walked into the facility building, I was already there. When he walked in, when they went ahead and actually acquired Carl Banks and he walked in, he saw me and he, the first thing he said is, you mother bleeping bleepity bleep. <laughs> bleep and then he hugged me that was kind of cool i was gonna say you you can go ahead and say carl Banks shouldn't be surprised that you're targeting his nose if his nose is hurt but you can't then be surprised that carl banks is losing his mind as somebody's targeting his nose i'm just saying oh boy i'm sorry i took my crown and i stuck it right on your thigh how'd that feel christian Uh, it was a tackle it's legal so what deal with it Here's the Cardinals side of things. It is, again, much longer. There was a few uh, Panthers limited, J.C. Horn, LaVisca Shinaldi, and Thomas Stanley, uh, Thomas Oliver, and Xavier Woods. Okay, those are the guys that were limited for the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey's the only one that didn't practice. For the Cardinals, okay, five guys limited today. Wolf, Zaven Collins, shoulder. James Conner, knee. Knee? James Conner, knee. I thought it was ankle. Okay, it was right, ankle. So now, now so it's now moved it's up to his knee. Okay. Uh, Greg Dortch, back. Awesome. Cool. So there'll just be no receivers. He's just limited. I'm sure he'll play. Rondale Moore, hamstring. Matt Prater, right hip. That doesn't seem great for a kicker. Wow. Don't you need your hips to kick? Yeah. Boy, that would be bad. Matt Prater with a hip. We should keep track. <laughs> Is every okay. player going to be on the injury report at some point by like week eight? Oh, my goodness. Uh, this is keep going. These are the those were the limited. Oh, okay. These are the did not practice. Okay. Uh, first, the just the guys that were getting veterans rest: Kelvin Beecham, Hollywood Brown, Zach Ertz. Okay. okay, so we can set them aside. All right. Now these guys didn't practice because of actual issues. AJ Green with the knee. <sighs> Rodney Hudson with the knee. Okay. Okay. What'd you say? You're Rodney? handling that a lot better than I am. Actually. I know. I Rodney Hudson with the knee. I'm just trying la 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 trying to block you out. <laughs> just, unfortunately, you're wearing headphones and I'm talking right yeah, through them. I know. Uh, Richard Lawrence hand, Justin Pugh elbow, Zeke Turner ankle, JJ Watt calf. Got to have one calf injury on the injury yeah, report every right, week. Exactly. Yeah. You have to have one, especially that lingering calf yes. that JJ's got. Doesn't going say right which now. calf it is, though. Okay. Um, you know what? Uh, it's a rest day. It's a it's a game plan day, but it's also a rest day for many many dudes. So I'm okay. Uh, you haven't crushed me with the injury okay. report, have you? Were you crushed by that? I wouldn't say I was. I'm crushed. I want to see it tomorrow. If Rodney Hudson's still on there with a knee issue on Thursday, I don't like to see knee on there. I don't like to see knee next to Connor's name. I don't like to see it next to Rodney Hudson's name. I already knew I was going to see it next to A.J. Green's name. I just don't like to see knee. Right. Um, Maybe they just wanted to avoid rest. Maybe the, you know, non-injury rest. N-I-R. Yeah. You know, maybe they wanted to go that way right right there. Okay. That's, uh, you know. Let's let's go with that. Hey, (laughs) Rodney Hudson is fine. Okay, why? He's going to play. He finished, right? He finished the game. He did, yeah. There's nothing wrong with Rodney Hudson. Okay, well, then we got nothing to worry about. (laughs) There's absolutely nothing wrong. That's okay. J.J. Watt. Mark this down as a win. Okay, J.J.'s got the calf going. He's going to be fine, though. It's J.J. Watt. J.J.'s going to be fine. It's it's Wednesday. Got a sack streak going. Yeah, okay. Um, Anybody else you'd like to talk? talk about anybody uh, well connor with the knee that's interesting i mean james connor with the knee. knee yeah you know what hey anyone daryl williams <laughs> want to see daryl williams out there's there only one running see? back on here so we're okay okay there. that's not bad go out there and i'll, I'll feed daryl williams man 
Let's see him truck well, somebody. Because wasn't that going to be your your one key to this game? <laughs> running, running the, the ball. Football, yeah. There's no doubt about it. And the guys that need to run the ball, in my opinion, Daryl Williams and James Conner, because they're big. And you can choose that third rail of running the ball and run right over some dudes. Defenders, it's really tough to get your footing a lot of the time. You know why? Because the the offensive player knows where he's going. When the field is bad, yeah, you have to react. The, That's tougher. React is yeah. always way tougher than acting. And the offensive player acts, and so much of the time, the defender reacts. And that's where you get in trouble on bad turf. And it's basically raining now through at least Sunday where this game's going to be played. Week four of Bix Picks is underway. Text pick to 620-620 to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize 75-inch TV courtesy of Corona Extra. We still haven't figured out if that's actually Bickley's TV and he doesn't get to keep one after this. Weekly winners are going to receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. So text pick to 620-620 to enter. All right, Kyler Murray speaking today after practice. We'll react to more of what he had to say. And Wolf, I also want to react to what Zayvon Collins had to say. I'm actually very interested in what Zayvon Collins had to say after the way that Rams game played out for him. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM Arizona's Sports Station. I feel like the Arizona Diamondbacks are trolling us right now. Did you see this roster move they just made? I did not. Recalling Sean Poppin on a day when we missed D.A. being all excited and saying, what's Poppin, what's Poppin? Oh, no. Sean Poppin gets called up and we don't even have... Sean Poppin. Yeah. Anyway. The jovial, jovial D.A. I miss jovial D.A. We don't have jovial D.A. right now. What we do have is uh, some Zayvon Collins audio from practice today. So let's start with the injury, because he is on the injury report, and um, I believe it was from that play where he got hit by uh, Ben Skoranek on the Cam Akers touchdown run in the Rams game. So Zayvon was asked how he feels. Oh, good. I feel good, yeah. That was quick. Okay, he feels good. Uh, then he was asked about the shoulder. Yeah, I just had like a banged up a little bit, but it'll be fine. Okay, there All you right. go, right there. That's good news. Sounds like he's playing. That's Based good news that. right there. I would hope. Banged up and he's going to be fine. I don't see anything about the actual play. Everything else is yes. about, uh, it's all about Carolina. Okay, Zayvon Collins, once again, the Arizona Cardinals defense, they need him. They need him to continue to develop. He needs to continue to get reps out on the field. And some things are going to go well and some things are going to go poorly. It's still a learning process for Zayvon Collins. He needs to get out there, though, and experience the game of football via reps. Well, you talk about the learning process. I mean, he had that missed sack, and he did talk about J.J. Watt giving him some words of wisdom after the pretty costly, actually, missed sack. You know, J.J. gave me some some words of wisdom. He's, uh, he said it was like in 2000-something. And Romo, he said he wasn't even looking at him, and he said that uh, he just ducked out of there, kind of like what happened to me. He said he threw the ball for a touchdown, and he ended up winning that game. Uh, Dallas did against Jay. I said, yeah, I appreciate that, but don't really make me feel any better. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's just trying to lift my spirits up. But uh, it's good having vets like him and, you know, that are always they, – because they've seen all the things that's happened. So it's nice to have people like that in the locker room. Yeah. 
It is nice, man. You know what else is nice is walking inside the white lines and just trashing people. <laughs> it is, like poor Carl Banks? Like, you know, I didn't know. I'm just saying, no, I didn't. Listen, I got trashed. You know that. <laughs> I got trashed out on the field. Some of the biggest hits ever where I was on the ground and some dude was standing over me, just so you know. So wait, right? so let's go down this path for a second. Your biggest hit was that Ray Bentley hit we were talking about last week, right? Yes. Okay. Do you remember the biggest hit that got put on you? Um, that hit was the biggest <laughs> hit that got put on me. That was. Look, I mean, I mean, honestly, having seen it, you don't typically see both players fly in different both directions. Both players in different directions on the ground. All right. And he got up and made a tackle with a separated shoulder. Oh, that's ridiculous. Now, once again, it wasn't fully separated. It was a... a uh, first degree, yeah, first degree separation. That's what it was. Still separated shoulder. Right. Uh, let's go over to Kyler Murray. Um, and Kyler talking about the depleted injury uh, core he has right now. And let's start uh, Let's start there with how he feels about throwing it to more and more young players. It's been working with Greg Dortch. You may have to add more in, though, this week. Feel fine. Feel fine. Feel, feel, uh, like I said, I got, I got the utmost confidence in everybody out there. Uh, we just got to execute better. Uh, how about this one too, Wolf? About the potential impact of the rain on Sunday. I mean, obviously, that's a, the you know it's a, it affects the game. You know, every, I think it affects everybody's game. Um, but if it is raining, we gotta have a plan for that. Uh, if it's storming, we gotta have a plan for that. Um, but we'll be ready to go, regardless if it's you know if it's sunny, if it's raining. You know, there are areas of um, this storm that are receiving over a foot of rain. Think about that. Well, some of the, the cameras set up in Florida right now, like that's, I mean, I've been in a hurricane before, but did you see it? Like, it's just ridiculous. And supposedly right now, they've got Charlotte right in the middle, right in the middle, Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. So Friday, of course, 100% chance of rain in Charlotte. Um, Saturday is 90% chance of rain in Charlotte, and then 70% chance of rain on Sunday. Three days where there, the likelihood of receiving maybe 8 to 12 inches of rain. Think about that. It's unbelievable. You better have a plan, no doubt about it, for this to be miserable weather. And if it is, what are you going to do? You're going to run the ball. Uh, I want to go back to, I know we talked about Kyler under under center on some of these, and he talked about that. He was also asked about the freedom he has at the line of scrimmage as far as what plays are being run. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, I would hate to be back there and just be stuck and handcuffed and not, you know, not being able to get out of something that may not um, be the best situation. But, yeah, I definitely, uh, I have a lot of um, leeway to do whatever. You think he has more than most quarterbacks, or is that just kind of where we are right now? Um, you know, I, I would say for the most part, um, he probably has more only because he's so familiar with this system. Okay. He, he's so locked into it. I would imagine that he does have an awful lot of leeway to actually check out of plays. He understands it so well, the offense. Maybe it's one of the reasons why he's been so reticent to actually go under center and learn some of the other parts of offensive football in the football universe. Yeah, because he maybe just because he has everything else uh, on lockdown, at least uh, mentally. Uh, he also talked about how much they are going to need the run game against Carolina on Sunday. I mean, I think it. I think it has to. Um, well, I know it has to. You know, um, I, 
think uh, offensively, you can't run the ball. You, you know, it's going to be tough days. You know, so, and that's that's when we're throwing the ball 58 times. Obviously, you know, when we got we got everybody fully loaded and ready to go, um, the guys that we have out, you know, get get hot back, Tweez, Rondell, and then you know, Keys and stuff like that within, um, and have everybody else that we do. Then it would be easier to do those things, but right now, situation we're in, um, yeah. Even with those guys running the ball, you got to run the ball. You have to. I need a cool nickname like Tweez. I don't think it's going to happen at this point. Yeah, I know, man. I missed it. Oh well. Yeah, there's a lot of people who don't know who Tweez is. No, Antoine Wesley. Antoine I miss Wesley. Antoine Wesley. Yeah, you know, and yeah. supposedly you know, the winds are blowing. The winds are blowing out there. Who knows when Antoine? We might actually see him, Tweezy. There's a lot of these guys that it's like, when are we going to see? When are we going to see Rondale Moore? When are yeah. we going to see Antoine Wesley? At least we know when we're going to see DeAndre Hopkins, right? Yeah, when are we going to see 13 personnel as well? Okay, when are we, <laughs> we going to see 12? A little bit more 12 personnel. Oh, Basinonians, get ready because I think we're going to see it. I think we're going to see more 12 personnel than we've seen in any game. Ron Wolfley speculating. Wolf's Playbook for Dummies. 12 personnel. One back, two tight ends, and two wide receivers. Slam it, Mel. I think we could have the audience go ahead and just call in and do that one for us. Uh, I want to play this one quick because they asked Kyler about Pro Bowl changes. Wolf, I want to make sure you get to hear this. I think I think it's, it's probably best that we change it just because, you know, guys obviously don't want to go out there and bang each other up even more. Um, when you got the best of the best out there, you know, moving fast and stuff like that, people are liable to get hurt. Um but I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun. I think, you know, it's it's a, it's a new, um, you know, innovative way to get everybody involved. Yeah, I, I, once again, I stand and I applaud the NFL for recognizing, listen, this is not good for our game, that we actually go out and play that game. But, um, again, I think it's also very, very cool that they're going to send these players to wherever they're going to have mm-hmm. the Pro Bowl, and I think that's important. I'm sure they're going to have charitable events set up as well, and yet you can take your family and you can go and unwind wherever this is. And the next one is actually in Las Vegas. You know, I was, that wouldn't be a bad Not family the vacation the right yeah, there. Seriously. Stuff to do. What kind of world do we live in where Kyler Murray at his press conferences is la- just laughing and happy and hey, 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 the guy. And then DeAndre Ayton's like, oh, why am I here? What happens? <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, Darren Maloney, Jesse Morrison behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We've got Burns and Gambo next on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.